everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Tweet Talks. That's right, y'all. Here at Tweet Talks, we talk about life, love, relationships, and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our show. All right, y'all. So welcome, welcome, welcome. So your girl is here at Tweet Talks, and I have a special guest in the house for y'all. So first, I want to let y'all know, we are endeavoring into a whole new series, and this series is called Love Doesn't Like My Smile. So I want all of y'all to tune in because we're going to talk. We're going to have some interesting conversation. But here we have Miss Nuki, and she is the love goddess. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, everyone, and thank you for having me here. Good, good, good. I'm so glad to have you here. I love your hair. You are beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so the first thing I want to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about this series. And the reason why I started this series is because I think that um, a lot of a lot of women nowadays are going through um, emotional abuse. And like myself and a lot of other people, you sometimes you're not aware. You're not aware of what it is because society puts like a big emphasis on physical abuse because it's something that you can see. And um, a lot of times it's not it's just not something that people are aware about. So um, I've met you recently, and um, one of the things that I was uh, speaking about was that a lot of times women of color, we aren't talked to about how we're supposed to feel in love. You know, sometimes sometimes growing up, we're taught that, you know, we're supposed to be a princess and we're supposed to want to get married and be with somebody, but we're taught that relationships go through ups and downs, but... Um, and we're also taught that ride or die image. We are told that we are supposed to ride. And a lot of times we get so caught up in ride, riding or dying that we don't realize that there's something a little bit wrong here. And I'm not supposed to feel like this. We okay? lose ourselves. So what, yes. So what has been some of your experiences um, with emotional abuse? Well, for me, um, it was like, you know, my, one of my exes, there were things that would happen that, you know, I really didn't pay close attention to it. For example, let's say I remember one time, you know, I wanted to go out, you know, we we used to hang out together all the time. And like, I wanted to go out, but you know, I didn't have any money and I was at his house and no gas in my car. And he left me there. He left me and went out, you know, because he knew I didn't have any money but to get home. So he knew I wouldn't end up going anywhere and I didn't have any money to get in. Wow. You know, and, and this was after like a little disagreement. So it's like you were punished. Exactly. Exactly. Being exactly being punished, you know. But yet I was always when he didn't have money. I was the one putting money in his pocket so he can be the man when we went out. I was that type of ride or die. You know, whenever we would go out, if I have money, I'll put like a $200 in his pocket and be like, all right, here, this is for tonight. But yet the one time I didn't have it, all of a sudden I'm punished. I have to stay home and am literally stuck. Mm-hmm. Literally. So stuck. Let, me, let me ask you something. You, you said that you guys used to hang out. Um, did you see any signs of who he was before you guys got into a relationship? Did he give you any signs of, that you can maybe think back of that maybe didn't magnify, let you know who he was going to be, but you didn't really realize it? I would say yes. 
And I think one of the main signs were he would argue with his mother. And you know what they say, you know, if you see the way a man treats their mother, that's pretty much how they're going to treat you. And, you know, I was just kind of, <clears throat> I was happy because I met someone whose family took me in, you know, I was living in Maryland and my family was everywhere else. So I didn't have any family. And the, the things that his family used to do as a family, my family used to do. So I felt comfortable that I felt like I found someone whose family took me in and, you know, it was good. So I was just like, okay, you know, he gets upset, you know, making excuses mm -hmm. as we often do, you know? It's and see, that's that's what I was explaining. So a lot of times in, especially I'm going to say in the black community, we are taught that, you know, and I'm going to say even in different regions, we are taught that we're supposed to cater to our man. We're supposed to not just ride or die. We're supposed to kind of go along and we're supposed to lead. Um, I know for me, that's part of my faith is that we're taught that, you know, the male is supposed to lead. But a lot of times we don't pay attention to the things that are going on. We don't know what direction we're being led in. We're just going along because of the sake of love. Exactly. And also the part that they don't tell us is that good leaders take advice. Very you important. Very good leaders important. take advice. Very like, important. you know, if, if you scroll, like when I'm scrolling on Instagram, you know, you see lots of the, the reels with the lion and the lioness. And yep. it's all about her protecting her king, you know, and, yep. and you see that he had you you can see that like he has a respect for her mm -hmm. you know that that, exactly so it's like leaders a true man in in my beliefs a true man is someone who listens to their queen mm -hmm. because you know a true queen knows when to speak and knows when not to speak. That's being in our feminine energy that we want to be in, but because of these toxic relationships that we've been in, we're in that masculine energy. And many of us, like I had to really, really, truly learn how to be completely in my feminine and pick my battles and not, you know, buck about everything. Because that, it's, almost, it's almost like raising a child where sometimes you gotta allow your child to fall and bump their head. Mm -hmm. Yep, before they learn. Exactly. And then and then there's sometimes you're just like, nah, I got to step in. Mm -hmm. And this is the dynamic that both people in the relationship have to have. Like, I'm here for you. You are here for me. My comments, my suggestions are valid. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're not taught to really speak up because we're, we're thinking the man is supposed to lead. The man is supposed to know everything. Nobody knows everything. Mm -hmm. That's why you're a couple. That's why you compliment each other because where you where where you're not thriving, the other person is. Very true. That's it's interesting that you said that because um, you mentioned something about um, what was it you said a few minutes ago? Uh, you were basically talking about how we were taught when we were raised, how it is to be in a relationship, and one person we basically compliment each other and. Sometimes as women, when we're in these relationships and we're trying to make it work, especially if it's a long-term relationship, we don't want nobody on the outside to really know what's going on in the inside, which makes us enablers for this person to continue doing the things that they're doing to us because they know that you don't want anybody to know. 
And that's why exactly. it's important for us to kind of speak out about some of the things that we experience. Because if you don't, other people won't know. Yeah, because one thing that he he used to do, what I realized, you know, hindsight being 2020, after after you know ending ending everything, was whenever something big was coming up that my family was going to be involved with, he would create an argument and say he's going to leave me. And because of my pride, I would beg him back just so that we can look as a family unit so that I'm not embarrassed. Mm -hmm. So it's that it's that control and that manipulation. Cause I'm like, why are we arguing now? You know, like we had a, like <laughs> our arguments were secular. Like mm -hmm. we would have a good three months and have a big blow up. And that's when I started to notice, you know, this, this just can't be for me. Cause it was like, it was like, he couldn't manage us just being good and peaceful. But whenever there was an event where my family would be coming in from out of town, it would be some big blow up. Oh, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you. And I'm there. No, please don't leave me. OK, let's just work it out. Let's just do this. And that was that that was that control that he had over me. And yes, that's just like you said, many women need to hear other women saying this and need to hear other women saying, you know, I'm in a healthy relationship now. <laughs> you know, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> there is hope when you get out. Now it took me a while to get here, but mm -hmm. you know, there is hope when you get out and you don't have to go through these things. It, it's crazy. We, we would like go out to shows and stuff and during intermission, because he knew a lot of people and during intermission, he would always leave me alone. So I'll be sitting there for like what 20 25 minutes during intermission and if a man would so happen to come and start talking to me i'll start an argument why was he here did you call him over dude we're supposed to be out on a date and you left me here to go talk to your friends and then you get mad like i ain't ugly right <laughs> i love it like, like what, you know, you know, I used to, I started to clap back after a while. Like you're not logical, Like you are not making sense. And the thing about narcissists, yes, I'm bringing up that N word. The thing oh, about yes. narcissists is they always play the victim. All the time. And they're exceptionally, believe it or not, they are really good at it. And the Very only good. thing that kind of works against them is exposure. Um, And they don't like it. They don't like to be exposed. Exposure and ignoring them. Yes, yes. When you when you walk away and they try to trigger That's you and you're like, ah, whatever. Oh my God. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do with a healed person is what it is. Mm -hmm. When and, you are um, healed. I had um one of the episodes that I had spoke about briefly was um the cycle of narciss narcissistic abuse because it is a cycle and it does not change. Um they just change the victims. Yeah. Um, but they do the same things. Um did you notice around holidays that holidays were just never enjoyed? The only holiday that you may have enjoyed was maybe his hol a holiday that he enjoyed, maybe his birthday or did you notice any of those things? Oh, honey. <laughs> he forgot my birthday one year, right? <laughs> so the day after my birthday, he was like, what's wrong with you? I said, you forgot my birthday. Your birthday is not the fourth. Your birthday is the fifth. I'm the I, I said, I said, you know what? 
said, if I wasn't of sound mind, I would really believe that my parents told me I was born on the wrong day because you are arguing with me about my birthday. Am I not supposed to know that for the past 30 odd years when I was celebrating, I was wrong and you are right? Mm-hmm. I, I looked at him, I said, you really just can't say sorry, can you? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, it was things like that where where I started. He started to not hurt me anymore. Like I started to have this shield where where I was just like, "You're illogical. Like you not. Mm-hmm. It's not adding up. How are you going to tell me when I am thirty odd years of life that I've been celebrating the wrong day for my birthday because you forgot and you just simply couldn't say <laughs> my bad. I forgot. It was that." And it was, like mm-hmm. you said, on his holiday, I would go all out. On my holiday, oh, oh, I don't have any money. It's a reason. Yeah, it's a reason. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't call him dude. I called, I was like, N-word. Like, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> my birthday doesn't just pop up on the calendar. You know right, when it's right. and you purposely don't plan to spend no money on me. But yet, I go all out for your birthday. You have everything that your heart desires. Like, like, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things started leading up to that volcanic eruption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of, and see, that's, <laughs> that's the biggest thing about it. Like I said, when people think about abuse, they think about things you can see. But emotional abuse actually wears harder on you because it plays with your mind. And the idea of it is, if you love me, this is the way you will behave. You'll, you know, I'm sure you've experienced, because I've experienced um, the disrespect with other women around you. And, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be acceptable. Just like you mentioned, you know, you guys went out to um, to an event and he was kind of like all over the place because they normally are great to other people. They, they're very oh, well known. Yeah, just um, exactly. Yeah. And they are good at making it seem like you have the best option there is not knowing that behind closed doors, you're dealing with this, these emotional jabs in order to make you act the way they want to. And I know that holidays is a big um, is a big punishment. In most cases, um, family, you know, they, they they tend to not be into the person that they're with, spending time with their family. It's about me, me, me. And when we are in love, sometimes we don't pay no attention to these habits. We're just like, oh, that's just how he is. Like, yes, how he yes. never bought me a present. He always gave me money to buy my own present. Mm. And I was like, okay, now, see, I'm the type of girl, I'm very specific with what I want. You know, and I'm not like, oh, I want a Gucci bag. I want to, you know, I'll be like, I want these running sneakers. I will tell you the make, model, where to get them, and you get how much they cost. And I'll tell him, here you go. Here's the money. Go get it. Like, can I not no, get a gift? No effort. It, none whatsoever. He just mm-hmm. believed that throwing money at everything would would make it fine. And I'm just like. But I wrap gifts for you and I make sure you're presented, you know, in in, mm-hmm. in in a proper way. But all you do is throw money at me and say, all right, you know what you want here? Go get it. And, mm-hmm. you know, even that, you know, I, I made excuses for that. Well, at least I got what I wanted, you know, mm-hmm. even though I didn't get it in the way that I wanted. And, right. you know, in relationships, there is compromise. Mm-hmm. But before getting into a relationship, I know this now, you need to know how much you're willing to compromise and what you're willing to compromise with. Exactly. So that once you're thrown in that situation, you know, all right, I'm not going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, you know, sometimes, and we, 
people, we have a lot of triggers that we don't know until we're in that situation again. Mm, interesting. And it's learning how to address those triggers in the moment because it's something psychological that like snaps you right back to when it initially happened. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we may, <clears throat> we may, you know, yell at that person who wasn't responsible for that initial trigger. That's true. Take it out on somebody. Blame shift it on to somebody else. Yes, exactly. And it's learning that trigger, learning where it comes from and be and being healed enough to like if that new person triggers it, be like, you know what? I'm feeling triggered right now and I need to step back and deal with this because Mm -hmm. this trigger did not begin with you. You. And having that person be the type of person to understand and accept that no one is ever truly completely healed. That doesn't exist. We are on an ever-evolving healing journey. And when you can find someone who knows and understands that, you can be in a healthy relationship and address your traumas at the same time as they come up without any conflicts. You know, so it's, 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 it's that type of thing where, you know, being with the narcissist, you, you leave them and you feel like you're free, but just know that every now and then something may come up that triggers something, something else that you have to address and you can do it as long as you know, you have to notice it. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, I accepted this bad behavior. A lot of us are afraid to look in the mirror. You know, we look, oh, I look pretty, I look pretty. Okay, but what what are the ugly parts? What did you know you shouldn't have accepted, but you did accept? And say it out loud to yourself. When, when you say all of the craziness that's been going on in your mind, it's, it's freeing. <laughs> like, I finally said it out loud. And when you say it out loud, it kind of disappears. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some things, the little things, they'll disappear where they're not going to bother you anymore because you said it out loud. You knew that you accepted it. You knew that you knew better, but you accepted it. And it's okay because we're all messy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all got some nonsense with us, right? Yeah. <laughs> no matter how put together we seem or we may be, we're all messy. And knowing that and just knowing that we're ever evolving is the best way for us as humans, the human race to just move forward and be in those healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. So going forward, um, I'm I'm thinking that you ended it. Oh, yes. Okay. Was there a specific situation that made you end it or what made you realize that enough was enough? Oh, so <laughs> I was sitting at home one day and he left the laptop open like our, our personal laptop. And I mean, he had done this many times before. And I'm telling you, I heard a voice say, look and see what you may find. Mm-hmm. And I looked through and I found some stuff and I called him and I said, you got 30 days to leave. And I never look back. I tell people this all the time. It was like that 30 days began the next chapter of my life. Because from that day, it was like, 
you know when you're going somewhere and you want to look behind you? Every time I tried to go like this, it's like something pushed my head forward and said, keep looking that way. Don't look that way. And it was hard. We were together for nine years, married for three of those nine years. And the hardest part was sleeping in bed alone. And I cried and I cried until one day I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you're not going to cry over the situation anymore. And I haven't cried since. And I haven't looked back. And I wouldn't be Miss Nookie today if I didn't listen to that voice and keep moving forward. But yeah, he was doing some craziness in his email and it was enough. And and I will say about three days prior to this, right? We had an argument and I sat on my couch and I said out loud, God, I need to know if this is how my life is supposed to be. That was the voice. And, yes. And and like I feel like I feel like, you know, God, you know, universe, spirit, whoever, whoever you praise, whoever <clears throat> you speak to, I feel like they constantly show you signs and you oh, ignore yeah. them. Yep. So they <laughs> what people would say, so they gotta knock your head between the washer and the wall. <laughs> Before you get it, feel it. <laughs> so that day with that email being open, that was my head getting knocked between the washer and the wall. Okay. <laughs> I, I knew the signs. And, you know, I, I saw what I saw and I was like, done. Like, no turning back. You know, like his family members were like, do you want to reconcile? I was like, for what? I, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, I said, I, I said, because his brother, his brother invited me over for Sunday dinner. And I was like, all right, because I'm a tourist. I love my belly. I'm going to eat. Okay. So I said, okay, yeah. He was like, you know, I'm going to invite him over to, you know, so that you guys can talk to reconcile. Those flying monkeys. Yeah. I said, reconcile. I said, I'm coming to eat. <laughs> What's this about? <laughs> Yeah, like reconcile. I'm coming to eat. He was like, oh, well, if there's no chance of reconciling, then I'm just going to cancel it. I was like, okay. I was like, because no, no. So the intention was a little bit more than food. Exactly. And and my thing was, I was, it, it was just done. Like there wasn't anything left you to talk about yeah. because, you know, like I said, all of, you know, that bubbling under the earth of that volcano. It was there, you know, when I went, you know, uh, volcanoes start rumbling years, years before they actually explode. And once it explodes, you can't put that lava back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gotta come out and, and oh, leave. <laughs> you can feed the lava, but it ain't going back. <laughs> so, it, it, and it was just, it was scary. Cause you know, my son was what? About six, six or seven at that time and you know like i said i didn't have any family so it's just me and my son it was scary it was hard but it was worth everything to leave finally and then came all the stories oh she did this to me and she did this to me and she did this i would tell my i'll, I'll tell people who will come to me i'll say okay so when he told you all of this did you ask him what he did to cause it 
No. I said, okay, well, don't come telling me anything that he says unless you asked him those specific words. What did he do to cause it? Mm-hmm. Because then I guarantee you, he's about to start stuttering. Oh, well, uh, the, 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 I said, but because he has an ear who's just going to listen to his side and all the stuff he said I did, I did it. I did it as a result of what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, I was never proactive. I was reactive because I got tired of it. I got tired of it. And then it was just time to leave. Did you ever, <clears throat> part of the narcissistic cycle, I'm sure you know, is um, connecting with people you know it, um, is called the flying monkeys. You know, they get people involved in your life so that when you guys do split, they can help someone like the, the dinner that you were get, get, going to go to. They entangle people. Did he go through um, maybe contacting other people that you knew, maybe your friends? And things that oh, no. a lot of my friends a lot of my friends didn't like him anyway. So he knew not to oh. go to them because because they were cursed him out. And that's oh, why he God. went to his brother and he went to a mutual friend of ours. And you know, he went to like, like I said, he went to the ones who we know would listen and feel sorry for him. Oh, so that so it, it wasn't it wasn't a whole bunch of people saying you need to try and try and try and no. A lot of more people came up to me and were like, I don't know what you were doing with him. <laughs> I'm glad that it's over. I'm glad that you got out. And a lot of people started telling me, yeah, I used to see him doing this and see him doing that. And I'm just like, are you really my friend? Because you saw all this craziness going on and you didn't you didn't pinch me and tell me nothing. So it was it was more so like the masses were happy that it was over. It was a select few who he was able to trick into trying to talk to me. And I shot them down instantly and was unaffected. Because like I said, when you ignore them and just act like you, they can't hurt you anymore, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do because he's tried, he tried for years to just be mean. You know, we would see each other and, you know, I would say to him, because, you know, we still had our son. I would say to him, you know, when we're out and about in the same space, can we at least say hi and be cordial to each other? Nah, I'm good. I don't don't need to talk to you. I'm like, once again, illogical. People know that we work together. People know we have a kid, but now you want to act like we never, we don't know each other. Exactly. All right. No problem. You know, I, and that's just it. One thing I never did, I never cursed him out because that probably did. No, it did. It, it did because in their mind, when they can elicit an emotion from you, they've won. That's and it, right there. And I refuse yeah. to allow him to control my energy like that. Now I would call my girlfriend and curse him out like crazy, but mm-hmm. I never let him see how much he got to me because I knew that's what he kept trying to get at. Yep. So. <clears throat> I do know that when you have been in a narcissistic relationship, a lot of times afterwards, we go through a really hard time, but we glow up. That's what I like to call it. Cause I'm a Mary J. Blige fan. So <laughs> we glow up afterwards. Did you see yourself becoming really better? Were you able to focus on any goals? Were you able to, did you just evolve? I evolved very slowly. 
<laughs> because I need women to know out there that evolving, it may not happen quickly. Cause you know, I was like, all right, I'm divorced. Let me get on some online dating. I've been in a relationship. I've been married. I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I just started meeting people who just wanted physical, 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 physical. Even if they said, I want a relationship, second day of conversation. So what that mouth do? You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and see, the thing is, when you've been with, you know, the love bombing, the when I experienced it, it was uh immediately I need to know about you. I need to know what you like. Um, I need to know the places you like to eat. I need to know what's your fashion style. I need to know everything about you. And it didn't alarm me. But when I realized part of the pattern is before I can love bomb you, I need to know what what direction am I going in? Because I need to get there immediately. And mm-hmm. a lot of a, a lot of times we don't realize that we're part of a pattern, which is kind of sickening to realize that, you know, because a lot of times these narcissistic people, they go into debt, some serious debt with the same pattern that they go around with, you know, yeah. because it works for a certain amount of time. And a lot of times we, we're, you know, experiencing all this different, these, this, these, these emotions and everything at one time. So we don't recognize that we are a part of a pattern. So how did you deal with it? When you realize that, when you realize that, you know, because sometimes it makes you feel like this person didn't love you They're, because, you know, they say they don't have that capacity, which I don't know. Well, I'm a therapist, I don't know. But when you realize that, you know, this was a, a an illness. <laughs> well, I, I, I looked at it, you know, I, I saw a reel where someone said, you know, it's once you're used to toxic relationships, that's where you thrive. So I ended up I'm, I. I I can't say I was in a relationship. Toxic entanglements. Uh (laughs) Join on my Jada here. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting that you said that. That I went through a series of toxic entanglements where I felt comfortable because I knew how to thrive in that. Uh You know? And then, you know, I just started to realize like, like something just isn't right. Something just isn't right. And that's when I started to learn about journaling and the healing that comes with journaling. And what I like, what I tell my clients now, you know, as a love coach, what I tell my clients now, one of the most important things you want to journal about is what are you releasing? What behaviors of yourself or of, of past relationships that were toxic that you didn't like, what are you releasing? Just like I said, when you look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, that, that about the hurt and things that you did wrong, it's releasing. The same thing happens when you write it down on paper. It's no longer in your head. Right. Because that's what happened. We get caught up in our head thinking about the same things over and over again. It's like our own little hell in our head, you know, right. that torment, you know. But when I started to journal down about what I'm releasing and journaling about what I wanted, that was the mindset shift. Now, like I said, it took me a while to get there. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I proactively started dating two years ago. I was gonna I was gonna ask you, what's the journey like after that? When yeah, you kind of heal because you said something that was so important, you never really heal because a lot of experiences stay in your head and now 
each and every person that you run into, it could be triggered. You mentioned that. Yeah, yes, yes. So, and, and what it is, the power of journaling. Because when you write down what you're releasing and when you truly start to write down about what you want, it's easier to see those red flags and not ignore them. Because it's not in you, it's not a pattern in your head. Exactly. It's, it's no longer a pattern in your head. You will meet someone and they'll say something, you know, like, so when I started dating again, two years ago, there was this one guy I met 50 years old, no kids. All he has are nieces. And this man set his mouth to tell me my son will never be an alpha male because I can't raise an alpha male. I said, but you are a self-proclaimed alpha male and all of your stories of your childhood are about your mother and your grandmother. You know? So why did he say he, he, he said he wouldn't be able to? I wouldn't be able to, as a single mother, raise an alpha male. But yet he's a self-professed alpha male who was raised by his grandmother and his mother. Mm. See, I, I, I deal with lots of things that are logical. So I said to Alpha, <laughs> you know what? I don't think this is going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, other times, you know, most women be like, yes, I can raise my son as alpha male. I can do everything. No, I'm not doing that. I should not, especially in the dating. The dating phase is you are collecting data data yes you are collecting information you are finding out you know and if you are coming at me like that after we've known each other for what a month i don't even want to see what 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 else you're gonna what other issues you're gonna have with me yeah i always tell people when it comes to dating when you first meet them you meet the representative always you're not really you're not really meeting yeah, yeah, right. No, it's, it's so, true because it takes it's, uh, you said how many days? Ninety. After three months, right? They can't hold up that that persona. Some 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 don't even make it the ninety days, but they can't hold up that persona, and you're going to start seeing the real them slip out every now and then. Every now and then, yep. Oh gosh, yes. And so, a lot of times when we meet that person, we need to know. I need to know how how are you when you got money when you're broke when you're mad, when you're sad, in the summertime, in the wintertime, because there's so many different um, situations that can change your personality towards me. You know, you meet somebody when they're up. I don't know how you act when you're down. When you get down, we don't know if you bipolar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because a lot of people don't take care of their mental health now, so. I tell people that all the time. There's something you need to know about a person, and a lot of times when you first meeting them, they're not us women. We even do it. I mean, when we first meet somebody, we want to look at our best, but he's not gonna know how we look with our bonnet when we take our wigs off. He, he's not exactly. gonna know. Exactly. He's not gonna know makeup. Stuff. It's home and that twenty-year-old T-shirt. And <laughs> 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 the silk double. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the silk. Uh, what do you call them? The moo-moos? They are so exactly. comfortable. Oh my they, god! I got like five. <laughs> I gotta keep myself. So, you know, he just—he's not gonna really know who he's dealing with. Now, as far as personality-wise, our likes and dislikes. Some people that are trained in their minds to be able to—they know how to pretend for a certain amount of time. The average oh, yeah. person, we're not gonna—we're not gonna hold it up for so long. <laughs> they know exactly what to say, how to get you. You know, honestly, especially like the narcissist. 
They yes. know they know what to say to just yes. woo you and make you think that everything is good. And and once once they see that dreamy look in your eyes, because you may not say I love you yet. They got you. Once they see that that that, that dreamy look, yeah. look in your eyes, they're like, got them. Yeah. On them real quick. You know, they give you everything you want and then they just jerk it away so that you can be like, no, but 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 you know, and, and that's what you have to, that's what you truly have to look out for, look out for those signs. And in dating, the main goal of dating to me is finding out if your relationship values and goals are in alignment with that person. Yeah. Because that, that, that right there is the key. And, and that, that will tell you a lot. You know, some men don't like to answer questions. Okay, well, if you don't want to answer questions, I can't go no further with you because how am I going to get to know you without asking questions? I need to see how your mind works mm-hmm. because I don't want to work my mind all the time. I don't want to be in this masculine energy. You know, that's what men like to complain. Oh, y'all so masculine. Yes. Because we 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 have been put here. Yep. By men who, you know, either don't want to step up to the plate or, or who just want to overrule us and expect automatic submission. Yeah. Submission Definitely. is earned. Like, I, I because, you know, I, um, I had a podcast where I talked about, you know, sex and relationships and love and everything. And I'm like, even in the BDSM, the, 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 the kink world, when you mm-hmm. see the doms and, 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 and the submissives, the submissive is the one who has the power, not the dom. That's what people don't realize. <laughs> Submission is earned. The submissive has to allow the dom to do all of those things to them. I can't say her because sometimes, you know, men are submissive. But, you know, in this vanilla world, oh, you need to submit to me. Let me know why. What are you doing? How you need to prove to me that you that you deserve my submission. And men don't want to men don't want to hear that part. No, they were automatic. I'm a man. Okay, show me. Mm-hmm. Actions speak far louder than words. But don't come to me on submit, submit, submit. A woman is going to naturally submit to you when she sees you in your divine masculine form. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men don't even understand what that means. That means being compassionate, speaking to her in a way where you're talking to her, not at her. Mm-hmm. When you can go to a woman and talk about something that you don't like about her and she not feels triggered, that's when you are in your divine masculine. Because you are explaining it in a way where she understands, you know, that there may be something that she needs to change. And then you as a man can sit there and have a woman say, well, I feel this way when you do this. Can we try something different? And you sit there and you sit with that and you say, okay, let's try something different. Mm-hmm. That's when you know that you're in your true energy that you're supposed to be in. I think one of the things that you mentioned was the masculine energy that a lot of times I think men use that as a form of manipulation. It's a, when they say, you know, just like you said, women have been, we have been put in a situation where we've had to almost man up about a lot of things. Um, and it, sometimes it comes to raising our children and sometimes it's just getting through in this world that we in. If we don't have anybody that we strongly believe in representing us to protect and lead us, then we have to end up or doing even, ourselves. Or even just who, who is our champion, who has our back. 
Yeah. If we are the only person on our team, yeah. then we have to embody masculine and feminine. And yes, the masculine is going to take over more than with the feminine. Like, I'll tell you, my son, last week, we went out to have pizza. You know, he's 16. And we just had a really good talk. And he told me, I'm only a lady when I'm with my boyfriend. When I'm with him, I'm a boy mom. And he was like, mom, you understand that you are my mother and my father, right? You know, and this is coming from his mouth, you know? Like, like he sees me being that masculine and that feminine, but then he sees how soft I am when I'm meant to be soft. Yeah, I totally you know? agree. I have a, um, <clears throat> my son will be 16 in a few weeks uh-huh. and I experienced the same thing. He's, you know, he knows that I'm very much in tune. And that's what you mentioned earlier about being feminine. That's something that I desire. And for a long period of time, I did not do it because I was so, into not just my career, but into being a boy mom. Um, but in the therapeutic sense, that was the reason why I started a podcast is to give me that opportunity to, if not put it on paper, talk about different things. Exactly. But then I realized that that masculine energy that I've been told that I do have, it comes from me being put in positions that I got to handle. You had, it. No, you had no choice but to, yeah. to do it. You know, feminine energy is an energy of receiving. You can't receive if you have to do everything. Yep. You know, like, and and I I realized how masculine I was um, when one day I was putting air in my tire, you know, at a gas station. Yeah, and yeah. a guy came over to me and he was like, can I help you? And I was like, nah, I'm good. No, no. Like, <laughs> snap, face, everything. Nah, I'm good. And yeah. I, got, I got in the car and I was like, why didn't you just let him put air in the tire? You know, like it's so simple, and it was—it's so simple. A man wanted to do something for me, and I just couldn't receive that. I wasn't feminine enough to receive his simple help. Yeah, and that's when I was just like, okay, you really have to start allowing men to do stuff. So I'll tell you, one of the simple things I started doing—I started getting my nails done. And you know, I—I used to hang out you know, at, at, at a radio station with a bunch of guys and me practicing being feminine. Every time I ordered a soda, I would ask one of the guys to open it for me and be like, my nails, can you open it for me, please? Right. <laughs> and you, so, but meanwhile, you know, if they didn't, they weren't there, you would have been like, let me get a pen or something. Get this exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I just, I just said, okay, I'm going to refuse to, to, to do that. And like, even with my son, I'll be like, here, open this for me, whether it's a can, you know, a, a can, you know, anything I'm like, open this for me. You're like, okay, mom, I got you, you know, or, or can you get that off the top shelf for me? I know I can pull a chair over and get it myself, but just, you know, and then yeah. it's empowering him to feel like I can help my mom do something. You know, and the thing of the, the funny thing about asking a man to open a can of soda for you, they smile so hard when you do it. Like yeah. they they yeah. they feel so needed in yeah. that little simple task. They'll smile and be like, "Okay, here you go." You know, I've never had a man be like, "Nah, do it yourself." <laughs> I'm I'm gonna tell you when I learned this. Um, recently I had to have some surgery, and when I came home, um, my son had helped me do a lot of things. And when I first got home, I was like, I'm not going to be able to do none of the things that I need to do. I need to get some things done. I can't be sitting around waiting for somebody to. And it was funny because that's exactly what he said to me. He said, you just don't want anybody to help you do anything. And I thought about it because I wasn't able to do the things that I normally was able to do that he was right. 
He was really mm-hmm. right. It was so difficult for me because I had such a pattern and it bothered me to the point where I was emotional because I was like, there's things that I need to do and I cannot do them. And it, and, and it, that same smile that you spoke about, that's when I seen, he was like, I mean, at every, any little thing I needed, he was coming to me like, do you need help with anything? Yeah. Yeah. Do you need something? You need me? And I was like, what is this? But it's because I never gave that opportunity. And this is what they talk about. The masculine energy is not because I want to walk around. Um, and when I say masculine, let me first say this, because sometimes when you say masculine, the first thing people think is that man-ish. It's, it's more of a, how would you it's like a, It's a take charge, do it yourself all the time. Don't need any help energy. That's, that's more so what it right, is. It's not no... I did a podcast about this before and somebody emailed me and she was basically going in and saying, you know, she had kids and she was like, I'm very feminine. I get my hair done. I do my lashes. My, and I said, no, I'm not talking about the look of the uh, masculine look. I'm talking about the more, actions. You know, yeah, the, the actions actual and yeah. getting what needs to be done because ain't nobody else to do it. So, um, but lastly, I'm going to ask you this. Um, did you notice that there was any need for um, maybe other women to kind of get your, he, would he use other women to get your attention, which is normally like triangulation. He would use other females or, you know, do something in front of you to kind of get you to um, notice him more or for him to make you feel less than because there was another female around. I would say... In the beginning, he definitely tried it. Um, you know, he would come home and talk about all the women that tried to talk to him that day. Mm-hmm. But he stopped it the day I looked at him and said, even your friends are trying to get at me. Do you really want to go back and forth on this? Oh. <laughs> I told you, I started, I, started, I started to clap back and he just looked and I was like, yeah, just because I don't sit here and brag about it, because, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not that type of person. But if you want to go toe to toe about numbers and people talking to you, just let me know. And I'll let you know right now, you're the one that's not going to be happy because you've been bragging about it for years. You don't want me to start bragging. And that's in the bud right there. Yeah, he probably wanted you to get upset. And it didn't, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Slow, it's, it's, like, it's like that armor slowly started to build where yeah. you're just not affecting me anymore. I'm not giving you what you want. I'm going to clap back because I am worthy. I am enough. Yes. You know, saying, being, being able to really say those words and believe it. I am worthy. I am enough. So you are not about to sit here and make me feel that I am less than or that I am substandard and mm-hmm. that you are the only thing that I can get. Cause baby, Right. <laughs> it ain't going down like that. It's not going down like that. Don't worry about me. I can get mine if if I so choose to. So I don't. That's if right. you want to do that, let me know. Let me know. I said because I done passed up a lot of D being with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. I want to tell you, Miss Nuki, I truly enjoyed you. And um, I want you to tell everybody where they can contact you at. If anybody wants to contact you, any information that you want to give out, any projects you're working on, let the people know. Sure. So on Facebook, I have um, Single Society ATL. It's, you know, it's a it's a singles group 
for the mature people. You know, we don't have a whole bunch of BS going in there. We're not doing the gender wars, but you know, I post relationship type questions, dating type questions, dating advice. And the group is still fairly new, but as it grows, um, I will start having monthly events. You know, they'll start in Atlanta and then, you know, depending on how the group is, I'll have monthly events in other places. You know, I'm a woman of age. So, you know, the online world is good, but that face-to-face is missing. So that's why I created this group so that we can have meet and greets because what if two people like each other in the group and they're afraid to go out on a date? You know, they can meet at a meet and greet where there are more people who, you know, know them and they can, you know, talk to. So that's why I created that group. That's Single Society ATL. On Instagram, I'm Miss Nookie NN on Instagram. And right now I'm in the process of creating a masterclass called Pathway to Love. My my four-step process that I use to find love and get into a relationship. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know, you'll see posts about that because that's coming up very, very soon where people will be able to sign up for it. And, you know, I, I deal with singles and I also coach couples. So, you know, whatever you need, I'm here to help, you know, people learn how to receive love, to give love, to, love, to create love. Yes, the whole 360 gambit of love. I'm here to help everyone. I feel that it's my soul's purpose to just help people love, learn to love, and just awesome. love. Everyone deserves to be loved. It is our birthright, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is awesome that you took something that was meant to be, the intent was to be sour, and you turned it into a, a good thing, a really good thing. And I want to thank you again for being here with us. I truly enjoyed this episode, and I will be tapping into those uh, social media sites. Yes. And I want to thank everybody else for tuning in, and we are out. Peace. Thank you for having me. All right. Okay, to all my listeners, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and continue to tap in the Tweet Talks. All right, tweet, tweet, y'all.